Hello and welcome to Starting Cast, where I talk about podcasts and what goes into making a podcast. This week, I always say week, I've been releasing them <laughs> two days apart. Um, on this episode, I will be talking about a podcast that means a lot to me, the Deck Chair and Yums podcast. This is a podcast brought to you by two comedians from Northern Ireland, Connor Keyes and Mickey Bartlett. Does have an incredible name because you're not confusing that name with any other. Connor has another podcast, which I'm probably going to talk about a lot. It'll kind of just be like a Connor, Connor Keyes conspiracy special. But he does another podcast called The Best of the Best. And that is a very difficult podcast to find. It's all one word. And even if I type in best of the best podcast, all one word. Well, yeah, the word podcast isn't one word, but podcast after it and the name of the people in it. I can't find it. The two complete opposites of names that are easy to find. Once you've subscribed to it, you're good. But if you're ever trying to link it to anyone, it's tricky. In Best of the Best, him and his good friend Ronan, they will discuss what they consider to be the best of the best of certain genres from TV, film, and music. But him with his other podcasts, he's, this is a podcast that made me start this podcast, but also made me think I couldn't do it because they're just so good. It's quite intimidating. The only podcaster I've ever met he, I did a thing years ago, which I referred to as the super dole, because at the time there was a lot of stigma with benefit spongers and stuff, and I was on job seekers. And one day there was a thing for that said you could go to, you know, America, Spain, whatever, was part of the dole. So I signed up to that. It was a cross community program with um, the Trone Donegal Partnership. Connor is big into helping the community, helping his local area in Oma. So much so that he watched the television program Community purely because it had the word community in it. And he thought, oh, I'm big. I'm a big community man. So he only watched Community thinking it was like about building community spirit or helping in the community. He was doing a a cookery class so that's where I first met him wasn't aware that he was a stand-up at the time later on I wanted to do a bit of stand-up I only ever did like three gigs and I did one at Daly's which is the very good stand-up comedy bar in Oma and Connor Keyes is the compare there I found out he was a stand-up a couple of years later he's a great man just a hard worker I'd like to point out sort of comedians that make it big on the telly and that they're not necessarily the best comedians but need to have everything a bit perfect you know everything has to line up disposable income's good and free time and no commitments so one for instance that always springs to mind i'm not slagging her in any way she's a very good comedian the comedian sarah milliken for instance She had a divorce, which was horrible, and then moved back in with her parents. But since she had a bit of money from working, he was the baddie he cheated on her. She had time to do stand-up. 
the stereotype would be posh English people. They have time, they have money, they can just bum about. You know, if it doesn't work out for them, they haven't really lost anything. So most comedians aren't necessarily, most successful comedians aren't necessarily the funniest, sadly. They can quite often just be the ones that had the most time available and disposable income. Connor's someone that just life's gotten, not gotten away, but he just doesn't have the freedom to, the freedom to do a tour of the UK or Australia at the drop of a hat. He's got commitments and also a big community man. He's a, a feather in a lot of bows. He's not only is he a, a stand-up comedian, but he's also a playwright, actor, has written, directed, and starred in comedic series on stage. I personally think he's a bit of a, a linchpin of Northern Ireland comedy. He, he sort of keeps everyone together and is like the go-to man. And he is paired up with the fabulous Mickey Bartlett. Their friendship on the podcast is very apparent. They just have a, a natural, a natural bounce, you could say, if you want to be a bit cringy. They bounce off each other very well. I feel they're a nice yin and yang to each other. They're not exactly the same style of comedy, which works brilliantly. And I just love how Mickey... Mickey starts it off with a fake ad, usually around the theme of yums, to some degree. It starts nice and quick. Like, even before an intro plays, you've got a joke. Connor's in stitches, and so are you. In the most recent episode, there's a great story involving a Chinese, so... You should get in on that. Where the podcast maybe put me off is just how talented they are. It's just daunting at how much he knows and how quick-witted they both are and how they're able just to <laughs> keep going. And there's a thing I talk about, a fullness to a podcast. There's some podcasts can just seem flat, which probably this one does. It's like the beginning and the end just all feel kind of the same. Nothing really happens and they just mumble about. But a good podcast has a, you know, it has a nice feel. It feels like you're building up to somewhere and you have an end, like a start, beginning, and an end. And they just have a natural bounce that creates a great warm feeling. And it's also, <laughs> I don't know if this sounds sarky, but I'm impressed at how professional it sounds. It just sounds, like it just sounds spot on. I just didn't expect them to hit the ground running. I have also contacted him. I get the feeling I'm probably doing his nothing, but that also ties into, I suppose, the difficulties of, of talking to an audience, essentially. Like, let's say they have 100,000 listeners, and 1% of that would be 1,000 want to talk to them. That's still too much to really reply to, so at some point not be able to talk to people, which is sad, because you probably do want to talk to them, but just as you get bigger, you just can't as the machine keeps churning. It is hard to believe that they're able to get Joe Pesci on the podcast, but he is a regular, so it's always great to hear from him. Hearing two comedians just talking about, you know, talking shop, having wee stories about being a stand-up, and also from to the fact they're not too far away from me, I find a lot of the, the way they think, you know, it makes sense to me. It's not too devoid, because a lot of the time you're listening to English people, and it's always the sort of one degree of separation. It's nice to have someone not too far. Recently they have, which I think is probably for the best, split the podcast into 
Funtime podcast and Conspiracy podcast. The Conspiracy podcast is for Patreons, which I'm not. You think if I was such a, a big fan, I would be, but I'm also a very stingy fan, so none of that carry on for me. Um, some of the conspiracy talk, I think, is not my cup of tea. They tend to think QAnon. He thinks it's Trump's basically a good guy. He does. He has his own money, and I, you know, it's just so surprising. I keep thinking he's joking. He doesn't actually believe it, but he sort of keeps hammering at home so often. You think, oh, maybe he does. It just, I don't know. It worried me because <laughs> I know a lot of people were worried, but it just didn't seem like his cup of tea. From what I believe, it's just basically people on 4chan making up silly stuff. He said Kafifi at one point, and then they've made it out like, oh, that's code for COVID-19. And I just think, no, you're just putting anything together retrospectively, which is quite easy. But he thinks either that or the deep state's even more powerful, and we're all in big trouble. It was a wise decision to pop the conspiracies away into a... (laughs) Well, basically, if you want a conspiracy, you have to pay, which I think is probably the best way to keep them. But I'm on one. I felt more the UK government was slow on COVID, and it is an important thing. Well, he thinks it's maybe part of a bigger deep state thing, and it's not that bad. But let's hope. Let's hope. Well, his theory would be nicer if he was right. But then it means there's a big Illuminati deep state. Not on Illuminati, you're not allowed to say that because then it discredits it. But you know what I mean. Just, I think this is an example of when you sort of, I don't know, I, <laughs> why podcasts make a great connection is something called Dunbar's number. This is saying that humans lived in sort of tribes and that of about 150. So our brains can make 150 good, solid connections. And then beyond that, not really. But I think our we're still in that brain set. So the likes of celebrities kind of we feel like they're friends, but they don't know us. So I feel <laughs> um, deck chair and yums is a good example of this for me, because they talk so like so you know most podcasts are American or English for me. So to hear two people. Connor being from Oma and Mickey being from Lurgan. They sound like people I would know, but it's like I can't talk to them. They're just digital realm of non-existence. It's something that happened in the past and I'm... That might be why I chat to Connor. It's like a way of breaking through that. I may have picked a bad place to uh, record today. I've... There's a bit of a storm on, so I decided to I parked under a tree to try and reduce the amount of people looking at me. A man talking through a little wire in a car. I keep thinking people will think that I'm like informant or some police. <laughs> He's wearing a wire. Get him. But I'm just talking to nobody on the internet. I just heard a big thud and I think a branch has fallen on the car, so not not a big brain move. I think's the uh, Latin term. Deck Chair and Yums and the best of the best podcast. They're two of my top podcasts at the moment. I look very forward to 
a new episode. I even sort of have a tradition, a bit like I was saying earlier with going to the gym, saving them up. I save them up to cut the grass. I'm like, so now every time I think about them, I'm just constantly thinking of cutting grass and brilliant grass techniques. I'm mostly cutting moss, let's be honest. It's not, not grass. They just have a very gentle, natural flow about them. The podcast never feels forced. It just, I don't know how they do it. I'm struggling here to come up with a podcast. And they just, it almost seems like they're so good at it, they're having to edit themselves and make an entirely separate conspiracy podcast. It's like able to flow and communicate and be humorous at ease. But they are comedians, so that is their thing. But they're also two good friends and they're just happy to probably see each other once a week. haven't done too much different basically got a microphone and a phone and a car is nothing's really changed there i haven't done much the lessons haven't um, added anything but i've been tweaking on the uh, social medias i still have shockingly low um listenership which is unsurprising i haven't really publicized it i have four and one of those is me for episode one and two for episode two so we have a, the podcast has a, quite the half-life. No one will listen to this episode judging by uh, past experiences. I managed to get my podcast on Apple, which I think is probably the, the most important. If you had the choice between every other platform or Apple, most people would choose Apple. For instance, the term podcast is based around the iPod. Uh, apparently the Guardian came up with it a nice wee portmanteau it's iPod broadcast podcast and obviously I don't even think um, iPods are made anymore but the name's now here when it's really just download radio dino that's what we're calling it dinos because it's downloadable radio it's I, it's definitely going to stick because it's such a good name it shows you how big and powerful Apple is when it comes to podcasts. I do like how there's still variety. You've got your RSS, which keeps it. There's a bit of freedom there. It's not just one company owns it. So I have most of the social networks made, except for Facebook, which immediately banned me. I was chatting to someone. They asked what microphone it was. So I've been adding other Irish podcasts to see what will happen listening to more variety i had uh, big problems with uploading it to youtube a lot of podcasts you'll see it's just it's just the cover art and the audio uploaded to youtube and i thought this was going to be simple just take the audio file pop it into youtube add a picture away you go but youtube will not take audio files big no and i thought oh i'll just do that in a video editor i first just tried windows normal and i couldn't add it it wouldn't work it wouldn't let me add it i then downloaded davinci which apparently is like a high-end one but i just had the free version and i couldn't do it i couldn't make head nor tail of davinci and then i figured out you could just you could add your own audio to the windows video editor the most basic editor you'll get I just stuck on an image. It worked after that. It cancelled me the first time. 
it wouldn't finish processing and then I tried it again and I managed to work. So episode one's up there with two views. So one person, I don't know what happened because one was me. Um, one person's listened to it and I, I don't think they enjoyed it. They seemed sad. Another thing is I can't tell, <laughs> I can't tell how far people listen into a thing. I can just tell where they've listened from. So most people seem to listen to it from Spotify. I was also doing some editing. I know I said I don't edit in Anchor, but I really just wanted it out. Oh, I like the idea of Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Really just trying to get it out just before midnight and I failed. And in doing, I, there was just some bits, you know, when you listen back, even after editing, I just had everything ready and I was like, oh, I just, cause I'd already uploaded it to Anchor. I didn't want to have to upload, end all that time uploading it again, as it would push me beyond the midnight I tried using the editing in Anchor, did not enjoy it at all. Normally it shows you sound waves so you can see roughly, you can see where silence is and where's not. Generally get it down to, I don't know, hundredth of a second, like you can really narrow down. But on this it's just down to the nearest second. There's some very bad editing at the very start of episode two and then it should be fine. Because I probably, I don't know, do a hundred wee tiny edits in Audacity. So just to have this big horrible chunk of an edit using Anchor, I hope not to use it again. I popped in some wee Anchor sound effects to just break up the three segments that I feel are the three main segments of the podcast. Just talking about a podcast, what I've done with my own podcast, and then learning about the podcast with the lessons so i tried to put wee sound boys in there sound boys i think they were maybe too long it was about eight seconds which is a bit too long for something like that answer me this does have some great audio stings just a lot of people send in lovely wee songs about answer me this one that's very good but very minimalist is hello internet's stings because they're just boop boop even though they could just reverse it and then use that at the end. Because it has one of those ones where it just ends. We'll be talking and then it just stops. I like at least a wee, you know, goodbye, we're away. There just seems to be a cut, can't be arsed anymore. So I would like that. <laughs> but yeah, I think my wee um, audio stings were a little bit too long. So I might look for one that uh, sounds... Sounds appropriate, but nice and short to break up what's happening. I will now watch lessons on how to make a podcast, because clearly I need them. The lesson I will be watching today is decide your show topic and style, which is something I'm probably not doing very well so before you start a podcast you should have five key things worked out beforehand the first is who is your audience he makes a valid point that i've talked about before it makes me sound like i'm so oh, i'm so brilliant i can predict what the lecturer is going to say basically if you hit the ground running if you have if you're known from other things, people will then come to your podcast because they already like you. You already have an audience as 
I would say very few podcasts I listen to aren't people from another field. Like Blind Boy, I already knew because I like the Rubber Bandits. Deck Chair and Yums, I listen to because I like Connor Keys and Mickey Bartlett. So answering me this might be one of the few that was just like, oh, I'll give this a go. Sometimes I do that, but not as much as I should. I use an antenna pod, which tends to just recommend like the most generic ones that you already know about that you aren't interested in. Like, I don't know, Serial and Joe Rogan. But yeah, I haven't figured out what my audience is, which is why I don't <laughs> I don't have an audience. But that's the point of this podcast, just to make a podcast and learn about podcasting whilst I podcast. So I did not hit, he says, you do this right, you'll hit the ground running with an audience, which I haven't done. I have to figure out key demographics, features about my audience. What age are they? What country do they live in? What jobs do they have? And what their skill level is? I don't really know what, I think skill level is just, is it university or not? Educated or uneducated, is that it? So apparently that's very important. I also have to know how busy they are. <laughs> Seems an odd one. What other podcasts do they like? What email lists do they follow? Who's on an email list? What websites do they look at quite often? Apparently content isn't king, which I'm sure a lot of listeners will agree with on this podcast, but the audience is king. But he should have said the podcast is royalty because then it would be kings and queens. But there might also be a, a podcast audience listenership hierarchy. Maybe some people are just like princes within my listenership and others I might consider to be peasants. It's important to create episodes for my envisioned audience and not just to make episodes blindly. Which I feel is a personal dig, because these are quite blindly made. I do have a theme, but that's about it. I feel like we're now getting beyond the introduction stage. I'm now getting stuff that I should really write down and understand, implement. You know, it feels like, I feel like I'm being scolded here. You didn't, you, that homework was not good enough. If you want to be at Udem today, you've got to work, you've got to work at it. This isn't PragerU. Once I get a big enough audience, but he doesn't say what size, I can basically ask what would the, what would you like and what would you not like? And then he's basically saying, if you've come in with an audience because you're a very famous firefighter and everyone wants to hear you, you can ask just, you know, what do you want to hear straight off the bat? But I have to wait. I have to sit in my hands and wait until, he didn't say what number, until that number is reached then I can ask. Until then, you just have to listen to garbly nonsense. But at some point, I can then ask you, and then you can go, just most of it's bad. It is also important that my podcast solves a problem. Otherwise, it'll just be rambly nonsense fluff, which, let's be honest, this is. I don't know how to solve that. I feel, you know, if you want to know about podcasts... <laughs> as I keep reiterating. If you want to know about podcasts, goes into them, you can listen to it. But yeah, he's right. I don't really feel <laughs> this podcast solves many problems. It just makes you aware of what problems there are. So he is right. 
It's as if he's listened to the podcast. He says you don't want overly convoluted episodes that have no exchange of knowledge. I feel like this is a dig at me. He has... I don't know whether they've listened to them and these are being made like a day in advance of me actually watching them. They say they're several years old, but that is probably... um, It's probably an elaborate prank. Once I find out who my audience is, I can basically make podcasts that they want instead of just a kind of groping in the dark, hoping to find something of interest. I need to go into granular detail of what my podcast solves. My podcast solves the deep issue of, are my speakers working? You could put this on and (laughs) some rambly noise will come out. Then you can go, oh, I can quickly turn that racket off. I'm aware that my speakers are working. But yeah, I have to basically solve the problem. Just a lot, I, I listen to your comedy ones, so is the problem I'm not laughing? He's now talking about what podcast structure. This may be similar to what I talked about, how some podcasts can feel flat while others have a nice arc. But obviously he'll know about it in more detail. I won't be as vague. The podcast has to be clear of what it does and I get the feeling mine's a bit muddy because there are podcasts that just talk about other podcasts. So I'm doing that and then I'm talking about my own podcast and then I'm talking about learning a podcast. So that is a muddy structure and I can see why it is just confusing. (laughs) Confusing. You know, am I going to have guests? I'd like to have guests. I'd like to have a... I originally wanted to have a co-host, but I just sort of thought, oh, you know, someone you don't know. They say it should be someone you know and you get on with and nobody I know and get on with would want to do a podcast. So I just thought, I'll just do it. I'll just do it, me Todd. I'd love to have a guest. Obviously, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast is... An interview podcast, you know, straight away, interview. Adam Buxton, straight away, interview. Then again, Blind Boy is mostly not interview, with speckles of interview. Yeah, yeah, I know what he means. People want to get the same thing every time. Regular features always have the same regular features, so every time you go into that podcast, you know, as a reader, you're fully aware that you are getting the same things every week. You are getting regular features, hence the name. I thought I had a a valid point. He was saying, why did you start a podcast? And then he goes, well, you just didn't start a podcast for the sake of starting a podcast. And that's basically what this is. I wanted to start a podcast. I just always think about podcasts and I thought, well, if if I'm such a big smart aleck, then go make your own. So I did. So (laughs) what are you saying? is um it's it's a knife in the face and the heart and the legs it's he's it's like this is a, a a satirical piece on this podcast this one episode so that was a point about what do you want the podcast to achieve you just didn't start it to do a podcast i want my podcast to let people know about podcasts so they can understand what goes into making one about other podcasts and full podcasty things. 
and what you should do with a podcast. So maybe some knowledge I might have passed on through these professionals. Learning about podcasts is my end goal with this starting cast. The podcast about podcasts, about podcasts, about podcasts. You're doing work, you're spending time, you're doing work on a podcast. What return do you want? One of them increased domain authority does sound like something you'd say in a medieval film. You know, I want more domain authority to be increased. It sounds spooky. I assume it just means domain over a market, but it's an odd word because the rest is basically, do you want to sell products? Blind Boy started off like that. He wanted to sell his book and then the podcast became a thing of its own. New clients for your business with a podcast. I just, you know, want to start a I just would like some people, some regular listeners would be a good thing. How does the podcast fit into my overall marketing funnel? Um, <laughs> oh, it, it doesn't. I have no marketing or funnels. For, well, I have one for the lawnmower, but that's, that's a different funnel. Um, yeah, <laughs> I want to learn about podcasts and maybe some people can learn on the way. That's my marketing funnel. I have to measure the audience to see whether this is actually worth it. It, <laughs> it does feel like this episode's just tailored to attack me and say, you, you have no clue, you have no audience, you don't really have a podcast, you've just recorded yourself and put it on the internet. But as a, as a wise podcast once said, podcasts are radio that no one can stop you making. I'm sure there are legal things if I went a bit, um, went a wee bit off the reels, but within the realms of polite conversation, let's say, I can't be stopped within these realms of polite conversation, he said to himself, alone in a car, in a park. So to recap that episode, who is my audience? What does my audience want? What problem does my podcast solve? What structure will my podcast take? And what do I want to achieve with my podcast? I'll maybe come back to those once I get a bit of an audience and see if I can have a more serious conversation about them because I've been quite flippant and silly about it. But, you know, time will tell. I kind of... <laughs> I love the idea of making a hundred of these and nobody listening to them. I don't love it, but it's like, what? You made a hundred podcast episodes and nobody listened. Well, this one had three people, so yeah, but they were just testing to see if their speakers were working. Exactly. That's the purpose of my podcast. You sort of need. You sort of need. You sort of need.